This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. So, yeah. hi Freddie. Have you said Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm Elaine Cook. My husband is Ross Cook, so this is our home. This is we're in Tangwil and um the Mavai is called Tangwil Mavai. Yes, so that's us. I'm Gadamri Ragokumar, and today on Voices, I'm in the community in Hawke's Bay, where post-cyclone, the recovery efforts are in full swing. I've dropped into Elaine Cook's home, which has been serving as a bit of a hub. It's lunchtime here at the homestead, right opposite the Tangoyo Marae. The Marae has been, you know, it's devastated, it's been ruined, and... Um, and then we ended up having whānau to come to live with us. I'm a, I'm a marae person, you know, my whānau are, and it's just turned out like that, like the hub and the marae for all our whānau. It's been nearly a month since the cyclone ripped through this town, leading a trail of destruction. I'm looking at acres of orchards and vineyards destroyed and houses that are now piles of rubble. Cars turned upside down and grim images of total loss. Diggers, land movers and volunteers are working their way through metres high of silt. They're everywhere to be seen around here. But in the midst of all of that, here at Elaine's, a huge group of the volunteers are taking a break, getting a feed and some belly laughs. All pretty essential at a time like this. I've got finally working down at the Marae. My uncle's part of it. He's the organiser for our whare in the way, where all our kairo carvings and tukitukua are. Thank you. Kia ora, kia ora. How are you? You good, good. How are you? Ah, why well, you know the best is can be. Kia ora, uncle. I didn't think you would be here today. Oh, are we? Yeah. But I'm going to tell them to come and have lunch. Kia ora. How are you? I knew you was coming. And there's really a lot of people coming through. I'm only here for a few minutes, and it's more than obvious this community has no shortage of local heroes who've been relentlessly chipping in. It's been overwhelming. There's been many people come here with Kai, Cook Kai. Um, it's just been amazing. Um, I've seen every, all walks of life. 
come here, the Asian whanau, Indian Asian, the Samoans, the church people, and all kinds of people. It's, it's amazing. There's a lot of beautiful people out there. Got good five hearts. Laos born Tui Kanthavong and her sister Cassie are some of those people. They run this popular food truck between Hastings and Napier, dishing out thousands of meals on weekends. But since the cyclone, they decided to chip in to flood relief and started making hundreds of free boxes of food for displaced families and community helpers around the region. I swung by their food caravan just outside their home, pretty much following my nose. They're making food for the volunteers at Elaine's place who are working on Tangoyo Marai. What are you making today? Um, we have um, yellow curry with uh, chicken and um, pork, pork cabbage stir fry. Okay, and how many parcels are you going to make today? Just over 100. So what I'll do is, um, on our way back from the marae, um, before, we've got enough time before we get to the marae, we'll probably just um, drop off on the way as well. Yeah. So you're just going to do all the drop-offs yourself? Yeah. Just you and your family? Yeah. This is our Asian foods family. <laughs> this is uh, the last trip I did. Um, we saw people that were working, helping, like, you know, with the houses um, along the way. And um, just felt that, you know, they're working so hard. And, like, you know, do they have time to eat? Or is there anyone providing food? Or do they take their own food? Sui and her family were amongst thousands that left Laos as refugees in the late 70s as conflict took over that region. Arriving in New Zealand 30 years ago, the family made a business out of cooking traditional food ever since. And it turns out that the cyclone isn't Tui's first disaster. In fact, it's not even her first cyclone. My family um, came to New Zealand as a refugee, but before we got um, to New Zealand, uh, we were taken to a refugee camp in Thailand. Um, so we had one room to a family of four. The refugee camp in Thailand, um, I experienced um, a fire, um, which was really sad. Um, I didn't know where to go, couldn't find my parents, so I hid under um, bed. Overcrowded conditions often cause fires like that in the camps. Tui was luckily rescued from the fire and reunited with her family. But there was another event waiting right around the corner. And another experience, um, I suppose I traumatised, was a cyclone tornado um, that hit the camp. And I witnessed a little girl um, being pulled into the tornado and then um, she got... Um, wiped into a barbed wire fence and she was stuck there. Some some people ask me, oh, how do you remember, like, you know, you're only two, three years old. And um, I just, it's just, it's just there. Yeah. Never forget, it's always there. Um, like, right in front of my eyes, like, even right to this day um, those images are still there um, make me see the world a little bit more different um, 
why I do what I do today um, is just want to see people happy and just doing things from my heart. Cooking is like, you know, really hard work. Um, people don't see um, the background, like, you know, of things, but um, brownie points is not what we're out for or recognition. Um, we're doing this out of our own hearts. I'll catch up with Tui later when she's heading off to drop off the food to the marae. But now I'm being picked up by Rizwana Latif of Hawke's Bay Multicultural Society. We're on the road to S Valley. I'm going to the welfare centre. A quick stop here by people monitoring the roads. It's mostly only residents and volunteers that are allowed on this road. Orchards and it's nothing now. Oh gosh, look. This is the railway track. Oh my god. This is our power station. You find things. Thank you. So we just got got asked by the police if we were okay. It's just heartbreaking seeing all of this yes, damage. As I said, you can feel mother hurt and pain. Look at these grapes, they were ready for harvesting. And that's that's our that's our economy. Hogs Bay is gonna take a long time to recover from this. Rizwana's been on the ground since day one, working wherever she can help out, at the welfare centres or with civil defence, or connecting community volunteers she's known through the Multicultural Society. We're now making a quick stop for some supplies at Honki Long, the Asian grocery shop here. Janet, the owner, has been donating groceries to anyone who's been wanting to cook meals for community. It's time to, uh, to show your love to, you know, to each other, to support each other. Because Hospital is a small village, so actually we all know each other. (laughs) Yeah, we've known each other for years, but what for me is like people have helped across. You know, they haven't only helped their own communities, but they've helped across. You know, whether it is migrant, Maori, whatever, Pacifica, the meals have just gone everywhere and anywhere. I've now just arrived at the Sikh temple. It's another hub of volunteering activity. Lunch packages are being dished out from these big cooking vats and there are stacks of boxes with all sorts of household items outside. The volume's really pretty surprising. So what's on the menu today? Oh, dal and uh, rice. Dal and rice. How many packages have you made? 100. 100, more than 100. More than 100, wow, okay. You normally start cooking in the morning? Uh, normally we start at five, six. Sometimes. How many people cook here on a normal? Uh, on it's day? not many now, but uh, since last week, almost 20, 30 hmm. every day. So you have 20 to 30 volunteers who come here to cook every morning? That's minimum. It's a well-oiled system, huh? Yes. You've been doing this for a long time. Long so when it time. comes to cooking for a large number of people, it's something that all of you can do quite easily. We already prepared, I think, almost more than 100 people. And they're ready to distribute. Um, wow. And that's for tomorrow. But normally we do four to 500 every day. Yeah. Wow. That's average. That's average. So these are the drop-off yeah. points? Yeah, 
Angus Hotel Station Road, Environmental Centre, Napier Civil Defence. We always work with the whatever the culture, Kiwis here and uh, Maori culture. So we work together and we help each other, you know. So if anything happens with us, so definitely they always they help us. Now it's our time. And I'm finally back with Tui and her sister, Cassie. We're about to jump in the car and drop off the food to the Marai volunteers. You can watch all of this happen around the world and just don't expect or you don't think that it will happen um, you know, in your own hometown where you live and um, yeah, it can just happen anywhere. Yeah. In the midst of all these grey and grim scenes of flood damage and cyclone carnage, there's some comfort to be had sharing a good warm meal and a laugh before resuming the work that it takes to get this community back on its feet again. I'm Kadambri Ragukumar and that's Voices. Every week I produce a podcast on people from all around the world living here in New Zealand in which we talk about our lens on life here. You can find more episodes just like this on our Voices page on the RNZ website and on all your favorite podcast platforms. Big thanks to Rizwana Latif, Tui Kantavong and Cassie, Kulwant and Harry Singh and Elaine Cook, all from the Hawke's Bay community. I'm Kadambri and today's Voices episode was mixed by Rangi Poik. Thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.